Hello, and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Sybil Shibble, which is obviously a parody of the name Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> and my name is Ethan Sareski, and nobody likes fire poke, poked in their face. And today we're going to be talking about melon heads. That's right, melon heads. And I just want to mention really quickly, I've done a lot of research, and I'm going to say that I am 85% sure that melon heads is not a racial slur. So I think we're in the clear. Did you Google if it was a racial slur? Uh, no, I just, when I Googled Hold melon on. heads. <laughs> we got to Google this, because if we do a whole episode... Melon heads, a racial slur. It doesn't, uh, epithet. Mm. Oh my God. It is an epithet. Okay. For, for whom? I don't want to read further and find out. I don't. I want to just pretend we didn't know. We're going to apologize right now for using the term melon heads. And, but... That's what they're called. We're sorry. <laughs> I was just going to let the audience know that, as always, on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, got that right, uh, one of hey. us has done exhaustive research on a ghoul, and that would be Shibble this episode. And the other, me, uh, knows really basically nothing. Uh, I, I do, in fact, know a little something, however, because I am from Connecticut, which I think is a home of Melonheads, Shib. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and call it the definitive home of Melonheads. As you'll hear, there are several other places that lay claim to Melonheads, but much like everything else, it's not quite as good as the ones from Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connecticut does, you know, everything's bigger in Connecticut. Um, mm -hmm. What we're going to do first, I think, Shibs, is because I don't know anything about this, is... I'll tell you what I think it is. Yeah, give me your best guess. When you close your eyes and see a melon head, what do you think it is? Well, I'm seeing, like, deformed, backwoods, wrong-turn-three cannibals, really. And they look mm -hmm. like a little bit like the baby from Family Guy, the British baby. Okay. Just real quick, to me, it's interesting that wrong-turn-three is your go-to backwoods cannibal uh, choice of movie. I would have gone with Hills Have Eyes. Deliverance. Yeah, yeah, Deliverance. but no. Yeah, Wrong Turn 3. That's the one that we're all familiar with. That classic cultural I don't know why. I don't know why it was in my head. I just thought it was a perfect... If you watch the movie, it fits. No, I mean, it, it sounds like it really resonated with you and that this is now stuck with you as your image for <laughs> Melonheads. There's also apparently a movie it's... called The Melonheads. Uh, that is about Michigan melon heads, which, as I will go on to explain, I don't believe are real melon heads. Okay. Uh, to continue, uh, the name reminded me of Lemonheads and Atomic Warheads. And I was thinking maybe mm -hmm. they have some sort of, they secrete something that has a taste if you lick them, like in the chocolate factory, mm -hmm. the wallpaper. And it definitely seems mm. like something Willy Wonka would have in the death factory because those kids got fucked up <laughs> and lived the rest of their yeah. lives like that. That's what, end, um, what ended up happening to Augustus Gloop. You're actually 100% accurate. <laughs> what happened to him? 
He, he became a melon head. His head swelled up like a melon, and it now tastes like uh, musk melon. <laughs> I thought maybe maybe the melon head could be like a centaur kind of creature, half human, half melon, but which way? A uh, head is melon, I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, you know, you had to think about it. Um, no, it's true. It took, But no, it's going to be a melon head. Not the most frightening a melon head. Uh, appearance for a monster, I don't think. To be a half melon, half man, and the top half is melon. Like just a pair of legs erupting out of a melon and a dick. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't specify a dick, but I suppose so. I mean, or maybe maybe it's got a, a vulva. Either way, <laughs> I'm gonna say this is this is kinda weird, kinda scary. <laughs> I think it has one of those, like, the little top of a, a gourd. Like, you know how pumpkin has that little curly thing you pick it from? I think it has that. Oh, okay. This. It's got a stem. A st- <laughs> okay. Is that the word for what I'm trying to describe? A stem? Yeah. I believe that that's commonly known as a stem. <laughs> Thank you. When we get into some of the, you know, really technical language with the supernatural, I have a hard time, but I'm learning. Yeah. That's, that's a fun part about doing this. I thought maybe the melon heads were just people who then developed like hydrocephalus where the cerebrospinal fluid kind of deforms the head and brain. So maybe that's something. And then I was thinking, Mm. what other groups of deformed kids are out there? And I was thinking about all the kids like who would have gone to four winds, but it was like before psychology was accepted. So they were tied to their grandma's radiators and maybe they were released Mm. back into the wild as a group. Shibble. Am I on target? Am I at least in in the neighborhood? You are, I'm going to say, pretty dang close. I'm going to put you probably about a 60%. They are a race of cannibalistic, uh, feral little people with giant heads said to live in the woods of Connecticut, specifically in Fairfield and New Haven counties. That's really, I didn't know they were in, I'm Fairfield County. Yeah, no, they are, I'm going to give you down to the street where you can find melon heads. Oh my God, before you edit this, I got to go there. Yes, definitely do some field reporting. We will release that as a bonus episode. Good, yes, when we start the Patreon. Yes, there might be a Patreon. We haven't posted a single episode yet, but trust me, (laughs) we are planning ahead to make money. I think we should just do the Patreon and not post the episodes. Flip the script on them. So let me paint a picture for you. Here's a scenario. So your name is uh, Shayna Carter, and you're a 12-year-old girl struggling with your sexual identity. You're walking home from school after getting detention because you farted really loudly in biology class. Your best friend, Corey Tanaka, got out of lacrosse practice at the same time. So you head over to his place for some surge soda and to play Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis. He says if you play it just right, you can see Sophia's boobs. You're not sure if you believe him, but you've only played the Super Nintendo version, and so you're just excited to see the blood. You stop for a moment as you hear a chittering sound from the foliage. Corey, continuing on, is suddenly 
yanked up in a snare made woven together from vines and scraps of t-shirts of bootleg Bart Simpson. <laughs> Emerging from the bushes are a gaggle of three-foot-tall humanoids. Their heads are shaped like kidney beans. They look like cannibal Charlie Brown characters. Some of them are crawling on all fours. Some of them are barely clothed. They're armed with pointed sticks, one of them carrying a hubcap for a shield. You turn to run as you see one of them grab Corey by the wrists while another one climbs down the crudely woven rope and starts eating Bradley alive, starting with his dick. <laughs> that is the Melonheads. Wait, is there any evidence to suggest they eat people starting at the dick? I mean, they might. Who knows where they <laughs> okay, start? So no, there's no evidence. All right. <laughs> they might is the evidence. <laughs> they gotta start somewhere. Is that are they really cannibals? Is that part of the thing? Yes. They will attack you and they will eat you. When you say little people, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Do you mean, I like, mean like the proper? I, I I don't mean like someone with uh some form of congenital dwarfism in oh. that I think of their proportions as being more similar to a person with average height. Like I don't think they have the uh the smaller limbs that, that you find in I, the, most of the cases of dwarfism I think of. So they're pygmies. Uh, yeah, I want to say there's something close to pygmies. Okay, understood. Except obviously pygmies are not uh, uh, feral. They're perfectly normal people. Most of them. Yeah, like a racist caricature of pygmies. I'm sure the pygmies have a beautiful culture that I know absolutely nothing about. Shibs, do you want a watermelon? I mean, um, excuse me. Do you want a melon fact? Melon facts. Absolutely. Hit you with a trifecta. July is National Watermelon Month. Number two. Hey! Americans eat more watermelon than any other type of melon. And most yeah, interestingly, right. watermelons are both a fruit and a vegetable. Huh. Who would have thought? All right, go, go back to you, Jeffs. I apologize. Uh, back to melon hens. So they're known uh, to set up in specific wooded areas uh, in different uh, parts of Connecticut that are mostly known uh, by their... They'll set up their encampments around specific isolated rural roads. Mm. Uh, you know, almost like bandits. Uh <laughs> And these roads are colloquially known in their different towns. Almost all of them are known as Dracula Drive. If you ever heard really? uh, about Dracula Drive in, uh, you know, a small town in Connecticut, that's where the melon heads are. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to call it Dracula Drive. Well, it's because they knew that people were disappearing around there, but they didn't know it was melon heads. It must so, be a Dracula. Yeah, their first guess was Dracula, naturally. <laughs> That's a very Connecticut guess. Yeah. It's yeah. a Dracula. Probably. It's, you know, we have a good amount of Catholics up there. We all know what's up. Draculas are real. <laughs> Specific Dracula drives, if you want to visit them, 
listeners, you want to get out your pen and paper for this. You want to write these down. Uh, there's Sawmill City Road in Ch- Shelton. Zion Hill Road in Milford. I thought you were going to try and say Shelton again correctly. I was going to give you some time. No, I figured I was going to roll with it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Velvet Street in Trumbull. Really? Uh, roads around Lake Mohegan in Fairfield. That is not far from me. Marginal Road in New Haven. And that's got to be like on the outside of New Haven. Cause... Yeah. And Jeremy Swamp Road in Southbury. That sounds like one. I feel like I love the names of cities in Connecticut because they're all just like some boring English guy's last name. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that isn't. It's how we roll. And also whenever I hear like lists of towns in Connecticut that are all sort of vaguely familiar, it makes me think of this one time when I was in high school. I was in speech class and there this guy talking to another guy about a party he went to over the weekend and he's like man you know where they got mad freaks wilton (laughs) and ever since i heard him say that i was like what's happening in wilton does he mean like they have like weirdos or or does he mean like women like yeah like freaky chicks like waps like either way i'm I felt like, maybe I should see what's up in Wilton. It sounds like my kind of town. Yeah, I have an uncle who lives there who's a real douchebag, so um, nothing's going on there. Interesting. Fair enough, but still. <laughs> Thank you. They got mad freaks in Wilton. That, the kid said that without, did you prompt him? Were you like, what do you know about Wilton? Or was he like, hey, shivel? No, no, he was, he was just talking to this other guy about a party that he was at, I guess, in Wilton over the weekend. <laughs> With melon heads at it. Yeah, with just a bunch of mad freaks. What do melon heads talk like, if you had to imagine, knowing that they're, they're little people with melon heads? They you know, speak cannibals. in no known language. You know, sort of like, a, maybe like a Pidgin, or like, like Nell in the movie Nell. Oh, Tay in the wind. Chick of yeah, the Yeah, they talk like that. <laughs> I remembered actual Nell phrases. Yeah, those are so memorable. Like, that movie is obviously so wild, but Jodie Foster crushed it. Oh, she was awesome. And and in that scene in the bar, the rapes, I mean, she was was excellent that entire... You know what? I hated the movie because it's boring as shit, but she gave a great performance. Tie in the wind! Yeah, she was so committed to that, and you just... I bought it. I was like, that's Nell. Nell's fucked up. They should they should send her back to the wild. I picture them the Melonheads having that like uh, stereotypical little person deep voice. They're like, hey. <laughs> oh, like a oh, like a little like. Give me the pointed sticks. And sticky hey, for me, sticky for me. <laughs> tap tap tap. Tay in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that that could easily be accurate. And, yeah, I definitely imagine them dressing in, like, an assortment of mixture of, like, pelts and garbage. (laughs) And nature. Yeah, yeah, maybe some, like, leaves. But they also, they are known to kill, you know, small animals, stray cats. So they probably have some hides that they'll wear. 
I bet they don't have tanning down, so I don't want to say they're wearing leather. So they're not they're not a well developed civilization, is what you're saying. No, I think they have truly. Uh, it would be accurate to describe them as having gone feral. Now, the the point of origin of the Melonheads is uh, a subject of much debate, mm. and part of that is going to be based on whether or not you're talking about Michigan Melonheads or Ohio Melonheads, or as I like to call them, the real Melonheads. I think we should just work from Connecticut Melonheads and everyone else can extrapolate for their own state. But I think this is yeah. the real thing. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, you guys don't have Melonheads. Connecticut does. <laughs> They're basically, they are both stories, uh, origins, share in common that it's sort of a race of people that have gone feral, that have gone oh. back to the woods and lost touch with humanity and through uh, inbreeding have become uh, mutated and uh, grotesque. Uh, to our eyes, I'm sure many people would find Melonheads Like the royal be, family, right? Yeah, imagine that, but like accelerated because they already had some like weird uh, starting off points. One of them says that they were uh, outcast colonial witches, which obviously sounds like something would happen in Connecticut. And uh, because we're pretty mean to goths from Connecticut, uh, goths are pretty frowned on. The other possible uh, origin uh, is it's possibly hydrocephalic children, like you had mentioned, yeah, uh, who were in uh, a sanitarium or insane asylum, some form of institution where they were uh, abused by an evil uh, doctor named Dr. Crow, which is such a cool name. It is. And uh, Dr. Crow uh, was uh, murdered by this group of hydrocephalic children, and they all escaped to the woods, where they started their own society and started inbreeding. And uh, it was sort of generation after generation of hydrocephalic children this uh, would have started uh, allegedly sometime around the 60s. Uh, they were all... Uh, I had names of specific institutions that they would have been at that are all, of course, now scary, creepy places. Uh, do you have any other melon facts? Of course. Would you like a couple more? Melon facts. I would. Ancient Egyptians cultivated melons since 2000 BC. It's pretty cool. Oh my goodness. Melons were introduced to America by Spanish settlers during the 1400s and 1500s. These early explorers used melons as canteens after they would eat them. Ah, that's smart. It is. That comes to the end of my... Oh wait, no, no, I forgot. I have one more story. Oh, excellent. In the early 80s... A group of teenage girls who attended Notre Dame High in Fairfield. Oh, this is real? This is 100% real. And I have to tell people, this is like, I, I dated a girl who went there. Like, this is very close to me. Uh, so they uh, were driving off in their friend's uh, Robin's you know Egg. What? I think it's an all-boys school. I don't think I dated a girl who went there. Maybe they had a sister school or something. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there before, you know, we posted and someone was like, what? 
So they got into their friend's Robin's Egg Blue Ford Granada, which if you've not seen a Ford Granada, it is dope as hell. Imagine like a very boxy, huge nose, two door, like Cadillac kind of vibe. It's kind of dope. Yeah. Like it's a bit of like, if you like Superfly, imagine like the car in the front of Superfly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That kind of vibe. So they all, they were like, you know, let's go see if we can find the melon heads. (laughs) And so they grabbed their flashlights which I guess they all one of them had at their home, or they each had to get their own individual flashlights. They probably didn't already have them with them, let's be honest. Who's always carrying a flashlight? And they drive off to Shelton, to Sawmill City Road, and they know this is a Dracula drive. There's going to be melon heads here. They uh, put their car in park, and they start, like, search around the woods. You know, staying together, but keeping an eye out. And they get a decent uh, width away from the road. And they turn around because uh, they hear the Ford Granada start up. Because uh, maybe they're dumb enough to leave the keys in there. Who knows? All they know is they hear it start. They run back to the road. And there they see, like, eight melon heads all jammed into this car. Like a fucking clown car. <laughs> laughing as they peel out in their blue Ford Granada. So, if you see a Robin's Egg blue Ford Granada on Sawmill City Road in Shelton, Connecticut, you better fucking floor it and get out of there, baby, because that's melon heads in that car. That's one of the only ghouls we've talked about with a car. Yeah, there was some speculation about Slenderman. And I think he would actually look good in a Ford Granada, but let's be honest, who wouldn't? Oh, and the and the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. He has a car. Mm, mm. Yeah, he's almost defined by his car. Did you know that that movie was directed by a pedophile? I don't want to go into it. <laughs> go into it, seriously. Because, like, why should you let him get away with being a pedophile? Say, say his name. His name is Victor Salva. He's a pedophile. Don't watch his movies. And let's move on. Fun, fun fact, Justin Long from Jeepers Creepers is also from Fairfield. Hmm. Small world. Yeah. So. Yes. I know what you're thinking. What do you think I'm thinking? You're thinking, that sounds crazy, but can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, Shibble, can the melon heads fuck? And, I, and I'm hoping you'll answer it for me. The fact that part of their canonical origin is owed to inbreeding, I think, leads me to a quick yes on that one. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're humanoid. They're, they, by all accounts, they used to be, quote-unquote, normal people. So I would think they'd retained their stems. Now, here's the question. Right. Have they changed so much in so short of a time that they can no longer breed with normal humans? Oh. Have they become a separate species? Oh, that's interesting. I, I think it happens at some point. I don't think it's happened yet. 
All right. You think you think we've got a, a couple years before we have to worry about a separate species becoming a threat to being the dominant species in right. the northeastern United States, like a like a like a three foot tall virus. Right. Exactly. No, I, I think we're safe on that front for now, at least. Okay. Good. As long as the northeast doesn't fall. See, one of the things I did in preparation was. Um, I knew that you would ask me, can, can it fuck? Mm-hmm. And um, I actually looked up some melonhead erotica to see if I could find any. And I did find some. And I okay. was wondering if, if you'd like to hear a passage. Yeah. Yeah. The, the melonhead isn't described like it's a child, is it? You'll find out. It's oh, called Melonhead shit. Queer and Kinky Erotica by Giselle Reynard. Okay. You know, people who write erotica have the best names. It's true. They really do. It's like, uh, it's awesome. All they, right. they really choose some good ones. Jay doesn't make it through airport security too easily. His luggage gets rifled 40 times per trip. That's why he never brings along his many, many sex toys. But Jay is a planner, and he knows a warm cantaloupe is heaven. His hotel room doesn't have a microwave, so a hotel worker... <laughs> offers to heat up the melon and bring it to his room. When she arrives, she isn't alone. Jay has two female spectators, and they aren't about to leave until he puts on a show. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I hadn't thought that anyone would ever write those words down. Shibs, he's going to fuck the watermelon. Yeah. (laughs) A cantaloupe. He's going to fuck it. For their delight. Now, to continue that research, I went on Pornhub and I typed in melon heads to mm. see if there was any connection. Mm-hmm. And I found brawless, busty ebony bouncing mm. her perfect big melons, which is close. Uh, and I found fucked hard and pissed by the interviewer. Yeah, I don't know what that had to do with melon heads, but I thought it was a great title. Maybe there was a commenter or something. Can you imagine being the type of person that comments on pornography videos? I got to see who commented on that video. That's such a good idea. That is such a good idea, Shovel. Who, 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 have you ever, have you ever thought to do that? Never in my life have I thought, I need to share my thoughts about this pornography with the world. My thoughts about pornography are my own. Uh, would you like to hear the comments? Oh, good. I'm glad you pulled up the page. <laughs> okay, I have the, I have the comments for, um... Pissed by the interviewer from the Melonhead search. Would you like to hear people who do comment on it? Yes, please tell me the comments on this pornography. Sony Xperia says, It's nice to see her treated like a nasty slut and pissed on. She deserved that. Singular. Uh, That has 16 likes. (laughs) Another beautifully shot piece with a happy ending for Marielle. Close up in black and amp white. It has a very artistic feel. <laughs> ICSPOR says the piss part is so hot. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I can't read those anymore. Okay, I just... I, I, I don't know why you would do that. Why? I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start leaving my opinion on porn that I watch. Okay. I mean, I guess the flip side of the coin is why wouldn't you? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. So, Shibble, 
Is there any anything yeah. else Melonhead related that you want to relay to me? I mean, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating this info. Well, uh, I think we've now come to the creative fight night portion of the show. Oh, creative fight night. Fight. Let's start off. I'm going to flip the script on you. All right. Because I don't think it's how many shacks. I think it's how many melon heads to take one shack. You're so right. When I was when I was thinking, I you know, I gave it some thought beforehand, but I was thinking, you know, like Shaq would just squeeze their heads. I mean, Shaq is the size of, you mm-hmm. know, three of them. Uh, so how many melon heads have we established their weapons i mean do they ha- have they developed claws we know or? they can make crude tools mm-hmm. and we know that they will set traps oh so, well, and okay. we know that they don't leave their territory so we have to assume that it's shack coming for them okay shack I has think, to be on their turf i think anyone can fall into like a punji stick pit Mm-hmm. There's that chance, but uh, that aside, I think one shack for every fifteen melon heads. Fifteen, wow! Fifteen. I think he goes absolutely bonkers. There's no no reason to say he wouldn't pick up one of their weapons. I mean, it, it would be a massacre. I I feel. All right. I'm sorry to tell you the correct answer is five. Is it five? Why? Tell me why it's five. Uh, well, I think they're going to be able to at least in some way slow him down with a trap. Like, we can't say, oh, he falls in a trap and he dies. Because right. that's, that's shitty. But we gotta, the traps have to play some sort of factor. So I'm going to say that like maybe he steps on a nail and he's slowed down. Something mm. like that. Injured, yeah. Yeah. So with that, and that's when the the melon heads would strike maybe one of them gets a good stab in but he turns around and grabs that one so he's now shacks down to three hit points uh and then yeah the following rounds get split half and half uh but he's able to take out one of them at a time like you gotta figure for everyone he takes out he takes one hit right yeah that's how i'm feeling about it. so how are you getting to five because I think Shaq has about six hit points. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that is that a Dungeons and Dragons thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been more widely expanded to pretty much any kind of role playing game, but it, point of origin is war gaming and Dungeons and Dragons. What would Shaq say to the melon heads? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's sorry, but he's being attacked. Yeah, but he's a nice guy, and he he doesn't want to find himself in this situation. Come here, Shaq. <laughs> Tay in the wind. <laughs> Don't make me kill you. Chicka Bay. Because, <laughs> you know, Shaq, he's, he would sympathize with them. Okay, I got a good one for you. Five melon heads ambush Gallagher mm-hmm. 2. 
Oh, okay. Gallagher's brother. Well, you might. Well, you should probably explain briefly what we mean by Gallagher too. Okay, so Gallagher is, of course, the famous stand-up comedian whose most uh, famous bit is smashing uh, watermelons with a sledgehammer. And I got to admit, it's a great spectacle. The first time you see it, you're like, this is awesome. I always wondered what it would be like if someone hit a watermelon with a sledgehammer. And then he branched out into smashing other things with sledgehammers. And this was always sort of the finale of his bit. The first part, the first like 45 minutes of his set would all be sort of like hippie jokes and like wordplay. Yeah, a little prop comedy. It was, it was good. I'm not, he wasn't doing hack work. It no, just he was wasn't. doing his thing. It was, there was no problem with it. Yeah, yeah. He was a very good comedian. It just, it's, when you say it, it sounds corny. But, you know, in, but some of it was actually kind of subversive. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was good stuff. Uh, and if you were in the first three rows of any concert, uh, you would have to wear ponchos because you might get hit with the juice of a watermelon. Now, Gallagher 2 is Gallagher's brother because Gallagher is the first ever comedian to franchise himself. He would just let his brother do his act word for word and play smaller venues. And Crosby would be like, yeah, it's, it's good enough. It's not Gallagher, but it's still pretty damn good. And I bet he did a good job. You know, his they probably did just fine because he did this for years. So it must have been in some way satisfactory to audiences. So, now, Gallagher 2, seasoned when it comes to hitting melons with right. a sledgehammer. Right. But, those melons are normally not moving. Stationary melons, you're right. Yeah, and they are not armed with spears that have been smeared with feces to give you diseases. <laughs> So I'm going to say this is going to go to the five melon heads. I agree with you. I agree with you. Do you want it? Do you want another one? Yeah. Give me, give me at least one more. Oh no. I got more than that. <laughs> All right. We, you can edit them out after, but I got, I got some fights for you. Okay. Melon heads versus the cast of ladybugs. Okay. So you've got Rodney Dangerfield. Right. You've got, obviously, the late, great Jonathan Brandis. Boy, both of those guys are dead, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, you've got, uh, uh, what's her face from Jack 227? Jack You got Jack Hay. Chester. Yeah. Chester. <laughs> that was my Jack Hay impression. Uh, you've got that working actress that played Jonathan Brandis' mom in there. Oh, yeah. You've got the guy that played the love interest's dad. You've got the love interest. You've got a black girl with ponytails. Right. You've got uh, Asian girl. Uh, you've got the girl that likes to be pretty. You've probably got some other stereotypes. Uh, like a girl with glasses, I'm pretty sure. There's probably a fat girl, too. Yeah, there's probably a girl that is struggling with her weight. Right, struggling with her weight is what I meant. 
or fat. You know, I've heard both. I don't know. I've heard there's both. a there's a there's a character that's a fat girl. Okay, uh, and there's uh, I think I think that's they can't there can't be more. Is there a dog? Take that part of the cast and verse an equal number of uh, melon heads. Melon heads are going to slaughter them. Not a single one will survive. <laughs> really? Yes. Those are all uh, children <laughs> and a very old man. And oh, you're Jack not giving K. him any respect. <gasps> Look at that. Uh, Look at that. Um, <laughs> oh, my. I walked into that one. You did. I got you with a... You went a long way I for got that. you with a Zets on the Keppola. You had that one in your back pocket this whole damn time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I saw it going toward Ladybugs eventually, yeah. All right, give me another. Okay. Verse our grand... Oh, do you have any living grandmothers? Yes. How many? One. Okay, I have one also, so we're equal. So, right. one of each of our grandmothers oh, in no. full tactical combat gear. I'm talking like Marines special ops, but they only have those Rambo knives with the... Um, the knuckles you know the brass knuckles mm. on them that's all they they can't use a gun but uh our grandma's tactical gear with rambo knives first five melon heads my grandmother broke her hip a month ago <laughs> uh she's not doing shit Did she, she really? barely stand uh so she's done so uh and i'm sorry to say they're gonna get your grandma too <laughs> <laughs> okay I guess that wasn't a hard one. No, no. Uh, my grandmother is... What does she talk like? Can you imitate her? Oh, uh, Christopher. <laughs> How are you? It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, I'm not so good. I'm not so good. There are melon heads. <laughs> no, my my wife will regularly laugh because, you know, I'll call my grandmother on holidays and her birthday and stuff. And the conversation will always start every single time with, Hello, Bobji, it's Chris. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> um, how about melon heads? Verse an equal number of QAnon conspiracists. Ooh, boy, QAnon. Here's the thing. We all know that you're the future, <laughs> and that your keen insight and wisdom <laughs> will let you be victorious against any and all opponents, because it's destined. QAnon takes down the melon heads, no problem. Uh, I happen, I happen to agree. They are an impressive lot <laughs> in general, so uh, I, I have nothing to add. And of Very course, much so. And of course, as usual, last but not least, the melon heads versus Fedor Emelianenko. Oof, uh, Fedor Emelianenko. I gotta say, uh, it's gonna take it. I think. Unless there's just such an overwhelming number of melon heads all swarming him at once, it's got to go to Fedor. 
You are correct. It is Fedor by whatever he wants. Shib, we've talked about how they how they might fight. We've talked about their origins. We've talked about the stories. But tell me, before I get too scared, because I'm I'm getting frightened, is this is this melon head thing real? Well, it's tough to say. First of all, you have to take into account the fact that there are Melonhead stories from also Michigan and Ohio. The Michigan ones are allegedly ghosts, so I'm going to write them off. Uh, and Melonhead ghosts? Wait, ghosts of melonheads? Uh, they're like ghosts of deformed children. Uh, that's Michigan <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty scary. Uh, but I'm going to say those aren't real. Although, tune in for an upcoming episode, Melonheads 2, this time they're in Michigan. But I'm going to say uh, the first stories of Melonheads started appearing after World War II, after uh, New Yorkers started moving into the suburbs and expanding into the rural areas of Connecticut. And uh, so anthropologists suppose that the stories of Melonheads arose out of their fears of uh, rural types. People forget that, like, Connecticut, if you head out, like, deep into the east you get your swamp yankees oh yeah you know like so it appears to be a myth that was uh built around anxieties of of urban and rural clashes uh problems that we see reflected in america still to this day is it suburban and uh, urban or suburban and it sounds like suburban and rural it's well it was it was urban because this is not this was when the suburbs were being Generated, So these were urban people moving to these new that's suburbs. That's right. That's right. Urban people, they're always, everyone in suburbs always worried about either more urban people coming or rural people coming. They don't want them coming from either way. Yeah. Do you want some melon facts? Yeah. Give me, give me up with your last melon facts. Today, the most expensive melons are Yubari King melons. They are only grown in a small region of Japan. Mm. Two of three melons sold for more than $20,000. The third melon, I don't know what happened to. It doesn't say. Probably uh, maybe the grower ate it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to eat your own $20,000 melon if you get the chance. I was actually um, working. I was working on a less um, offensive Asian uh, accent for the facts that about Japan. And I, I might, I, I, I might want to break it out. Do you think mm. that's okay? Uh, all right, give it a shot, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start bleeping you if it goes too far. Okay, okay. The most expensive melons are Yubari King melons. They are only grown in a small region of Japan. Two of the three melons sold for more than twenty thousand dollars. That's more of, isn't that more of a Yakuza? Like, that's acceptable? I mean, it was good. It was, it was good. It's, it's tough to say. I'm going to have to listen to it later. That's a. Uh, it's better than last time. It's, it's getting warmer. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was dead on. My next step would be actually speaking Japanese. That would be impressive. That would show a lot of dedication to your craft. Yeah, I was just trying to break out a, like a less offensive 
I thought I was doing a good thing. I apologize if I no, no, you're getting show. warmer. No, I like it. No, you are. You're doing good work. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, melon fact: uh, Farmers in Japan are growing watermelons mm-hmm. into shapes. They started growing cubed mm-hmm. watermelons so it would fit better in a refrigerator. Now Japanese That's farmers a- grow watermelons into shapes such as hearts and even faces. That's wonderful, isn't it? I think I've seen somebody do that in America with like a pumpkin what you do is when the pumpkin's at like a young enough age you just put it in a mold and then it grows to fill the mold you know they're from the same family they're both gourds I think watermelon and um, pumpkins right yeah yeah I think so I think melons are a type of gourd you know I I sent you um, some pictures did you see any of the pictures I sent you the melon head pictures yeah, yeah. I saw one was a kid with hydrocephaly. Yeah, I wanted to give you an idea of what they might actually look like. Yeah, thank you for uh, sending me pictures of a child with a head problem, a head issue. That's always fun to look at. Uh, and I think, were there any... Oh, you sent me some images of pornography. That's always nice to get in my email. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, that's I, I was reading from it earlier. That's where you got fucked hard and pissed by the interviewer. Yeah, yeah, pissed by the interviewer. <laughs> With comments such as, I like it when the piss comes out. <laughs> well, it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Monster. Uh, and Ethan, you said you wanted to send a shout out to somebody about this episode. That was the most crass way to put it. Uh, yeah. I want to send a shout out to my just no. I wanted to dedicate this episode. Mm. It's not funny to uh, a very a great mm. friend of mine who passed away. He was the first person to ever mention the melon heads to me, and uh, just a great person. His name was Brad Kelly uh, of Easton, Connecticut, and of course uh, his family, Chris, Jack, and Barbara. So uh, I just wanted to, uh, for the first time, dedicate an episode to someone because uh, it was pertinent, and he's a good person. Well, that was very sweet. Well, I miss him. Well, my condolences. My name's Chris Anderson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris the Friend. I'm Ethan Sareski. I'm not on the internet, but you could always go to Chris the Friend and say hello, and I'll and I'll write something back. I won't. No, I'll I'll tell him that you said hello. Until next time, don't get spooked. And remember to leave a like and Patreon if you're going to subscribe and. All the emojis are welcome, and we appreciate all that support. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Friday.